Come with us now on a road trip across Middle America. Yes, you see that speed limit sign? It says 65. Veg cast. A full menu from first to last. Veg cast. Actually, as often as not, when you got into some of those states, the speed limit was 70 or 75. Uh, in a Prius, of course, I was not as tempted to uh, really max that out, trying to keep that mileage up, proving that I can drive 55 miles a gallon. But yes, we did go out across middle America for uh, reasons that I will explain after this intro, but just suffice to say, uh, we checked out the vegetarian and vegan options in a variety of places, cutting a swath across the middle of the country to go from Philadelphia to southwestern Colorado. So we're going to be uh, taking a little bit different format this time. Going to be stopping in various places, just getting some quick interviews with uh, people in small towns across middle America. We're also going to be integrating uh, the musical portion in there as well. So it should be a fun time to take a look at uh, how the rest of the country eats vegetarian. Or at least uh, this particular swath of it. So, sit back, relax, and crank it up as we deliver to you this podcast number 65, the road trip edition of VegCast. Let's move them out, boys. That's right, we're heading out west to a small silver mining town uh, nestled deep within Mineral County in southwestern Colorado. This is Creed, and the occasion is going out to see uh, the production of my musical with Michael Hollinger, A Wonderful Noise, at Creed Repertory Theater. It's going to be there all summer if you happen to be in the area or in any of the surrounding states. Uh, people do apparently come from miles around. And uh, we went out there to see this this summer, uh, Michael and I and our families. And uh, our family, we drove, as I was saying. It's a road trip. Uh, but since the main point of this isn't exactly uh, my musical writing career, but rather uh, your vegetarian options, as you might make a similar trip there or somewhere else. We're going to check on some places uh, that we noticed or stopped by. And the first stop was off the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Uh, this is Maggie's Mercantile. You may remember I mentioned it a few years back. I think it was in 2006 on the way back from Summerfest. I had found this place and then couldn't remember what it was called or where it was. Well, now I found it. Now I know what it's called, and now we're going to hear an interview uh, with the manager of Maggie's Mercantile. Okay, we're talking now with Sharon Detter, the manager of Maggie's Mercantile here on uh, uh, Route 711. Right, we're just off the Pennsylvania Turnpike, exit 91, the Donegal exit, just two miles north on 711. Great. And so let, let me understand, uh, there is an actual Maggie who's not here right now, but she started the 
the place, uh, and she now has this place and one in Pittsburgh, right? Right, and she also has a big organic farm that's sort of halfway in between. She originally started with the animal sanctuary, uh, rescuing animals. They did that for 10 years on the farm, and she and her daughter ran that, and after 10 years it was just time to move on to something else, so they sent the animals to other sanctuaries. What was the sanctuary? It was for... Uh, no, I mean, what was the name of it? It was Omani Farm. Oh, it was Omani. Omani well, I know, Farm, um, yeah. Casey. Right, the daughter. her daughter. Okay, exactly. I didn't know. That. So she was the one, that Maggie was the one she and Casey were running that farm. I see, I, exactly. now it all starts yeah. to make sense, because I knew that farm was somewhere in this area when yeah. we were and that, there at Summerfest. And so. that's what sort of started the whole thing with the animals and animal rights. And from there, she started the restaurant, the vegan restaurant, mm -hmm. to make it... Uh, easy for people to eat great food without eating meat. She, okay. she doesn't really push that, you know, she's an animal rights activist, but she just wants to make it uh, available for people. Sure. And uh, we do get a lot of people off the highway uh, that are, you know, they call this an oasis that is yeah. like in the middle of... <laughs> well, it was for us. I mean, that's, that was my next question was, you know, to start a... A farm sanctuary would be one thing because there would be plenty of animals that right. you could rescue, but to start a vegan restaurant, you'd think, well, how do you get enough clientele right, here? Right, right. And we're always, you know, educating the, the locals, Yeah. Uh, but we have those couple of billboards on the turnpike, and we get a lot of um, really excited people. And we have a lot of regular customers now that are travelers, Yeah. going back and forth to school or visit family or whatever, and every time they... You know, they plan on stopping here for lunch every yeah. time they travel through. Well, so. I'll plan on it now. I'm glad that we uh, it <laughs> happened us. this way. I mean, I had been here once years ago, and I even mentioned it on VegCast, but I didn't take, I don't know if you had the brochure then, but I didn't, like, yeah. remember where it was. And I said, it's somewhere over uh, <laughs> between New Stanton and Johnstown. Yeah. And I was very vague about it. But now we, right. can, we can rectify it. Right, that. right. So, um, so the one, there... Uh, there's the farm, and you get all of the food from the farm? Especially or the... in the summertime. Yeah. Um, they do have some greenhouses, uh, but in the summer they plant, you know, lots of great veggies that we get uh, while those are growing. In the winter, we order from an uh, organic distributor mm -hmm. out of Pittsburgh. Great. So. Um, but so the one, the, the Maggie's Mercantile in Pittsburgh is basically the same setup as this, only without the farm like well no actually we do no but we do all the cooking here okay and then for you just both run restaurants and we deliver it to pittsburgh every day or so great and um so that's how it works so all our chefs and everything are, are here and just for the people who i mean i'm it's obvious to me because i just ordered here and i just ate here but for the people that are wondering what kind of vegetarian food is it what's what are some of the your specialties here? Okay, that you have? well, we serve everything deli style. We have it prepared, and you order uh, a plate full of food, and we weigh it and warm it up for you. Uh, we have uh, a lot of things that are just vegetables. We use tofu and tempeh. We also use a number of the mock meats, uh, soy-based chicken or beef or whatever. And actually, we really can fool the non vegans yeah. uh, that they think it tastes you know as good as any 
chicken out there. So, Great. and it's not chicken at all. So, we say that if McDonald's would change the way they serve food and use some of the soy-based meats, they could change the world. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we were we were worried about whether we could find the place and everything, and we pulled in. There are people. Like walking in, there are people sitting out on the patio playing guitar, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, somebody in the car joked that, "Oh, this is the hot spot for all of <laughs> Ligonier or wherever." We we had no idea what municipality we were in, but yeah, uh, it does yeah, seem we, like you do get you, you building up some uh, some regular clientele. We there. absolutely are, and that's we great. have our buffet on Saturday nights, and that's especially when the locals come in um, for Saturday night buffet yeah. and it's uh, lively and fun sometimes we have music for that yeah and, uh, it's great do you get i gotta ask do you get any pushback from because you know we see billboards coming on the turnpike about uh keep america's dairy farms going oh, right. drink milk you know all, well, all that stuff so did i know that there must be some people that don't understand that, this. well that aren't, aren't as pleased that they right. have this option or might see it as a threat. Is, well, is that, I don't think so. No? And I think, you know, so many people, finally, we've been here for like eight years, and mm-hmm. finally the whole organic movement is coming along. Yeah. And some people come here not even because they're vegetarian or vegan, only because they want organic food. Yeah. And with how many kids these days have allergies to dairy, to eggs, to this or that, yeah. we kind of cater to all those people. We even have a lot of people that are on special diets and they are kind of regular customers and they'll call us and say, what do you have that's gluten-free? And we'll, you know, be able to help them with uh, those kinds of specialty diets that they're on, too. That Mm -hmm. we, uh, Especially in Pittsburgh, we get a lot of people that um, have to eat a certain way, Mm -hmm. doctor's orders. Uh, We do some raw foods as well here but more so in Pittsburgh because there's just more people there. Mm-hmm. And they can actually prepare those foods in Pittsburgh. We have dehydrators and juicers and all those things um, cool. for raw foodists, and uh, they make a lot of that down there. We have right. usually have some here, but not as much. All right, but, great. Um, okay? All right, well, Sharon Detter, thanks for uh, <laughs> taking time out of your busy day to talk with us on VegCast. Okay, thank you. All right. Glad you found us. And so we push on to the west in Ohio and in Indiana. I have to admit, we did avail ourselves of Quiznos, uh, which of course you can get a veggie sub uh, with mushrooms uh, and uh, guacamole, lettuce, olives, and so forth. Uh, That is vegan. But our next destination on the veggie map is in St. Louis. It's a little place called the Shangri-La Diner. Okay, right now we are talking with Patrice Mari, the owner, operator, founder of the Shangri-La Diner in St. Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing good. And this is uh, certainly a a a one-of-a-kind restaurant. I I won't even try to describe the decor here, but what what was it that led you to open this place in the first place? Well, um... First of all, it, it's an homage to the psychedelic 60s, in particular the um, 1967, which was this big, the summer of love in the Berkeley, Haight-Ashbury district. Um, no one was doing 
there's been a lot of vegan and vegetarian restaurants, but nobody was doing a diner with comfort food. It was all more greens and raw foods. And I just wanted to present vegetarian, vegan in a format that was more um, attractive to even non-vegetarians. Because about a third of our clientele aren't even vegetarians. They just come because they love the food. Right. I just had a, a vegan gyro and a vegan malt. I mean, something that we've, uh, you know, we associate with the old days when we were eating that stuff and mm-hmm. haven't found other places. So, I mean, on that end, that's, it's like Shangri-La to us. Thank you. On the other, on the other side, you're serving salmon. To Wild Alaskan salmon. Yeah. So, and, and you were explaining to me that it's like because of the veto vote, you, you feel like some people, they would come here with somebody who wasn't vegetarian and they would then all leave. Is that the rationale? Yeah, that's what would happen. And and being in Missouri, you know, like I was telling you previous to this conversation, if I were on the West Coast, I could, this place would be totally vegan. But in Missouri, in a Bible Belt town, it couldn't survive. I mean, as you notice, we're, we can only be open Thursday through Sunday because it's a destination spot. It's not one of those places that people will just come to in the middle of the day during the week. Right. So most of our clientele make it a destination to come here. So most of our business is done between Friday evening and Sunday when we close at 5. Okay. Yeah, it's but really it's, hard to do anything like that in St. Louis and not worry about paying the bills. Right. But it's working for you the way that you have it. I mean, you yes. to be making it work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've actually... Um, first quarter of this year was a record-breaking quarter and in the recession we've the recession has been advantageous to us because we're reasonably priced it's the no really it's the upscale new american neo fusion all that restaurants are struggling right now because nobody can justify spending you know fifty dollars per person Right. And, and how long have you been here? Four, over four years. Right. And I didn't know I was going to open it two months before I did, and we slammed the space together in two weeks with $4,000 in donations from friends. And I borrowed $50 to put in my register the first day. And if I could just go back to your, when you first decided to start this, you you wanted to provide, you know, fill this niche of right. comfort food for vegetarians mm-hmm. and vegans. Um, why did that to you instantly call to mind the Summer of Love and the psychedelic thing? I mean, how did those go together? How did they go together? Um, well, most diners are 50s diners. Yeah. And that was my favorite era. I mean, it was such a time. I mean, it really was a time of change. And it, and it was exciting. I was pretty young back then, but it, it always struck. It always just stayed with me. And so I wanted to do a diner, vegetarian diner food, but a 60s groovy diner because I've never seen one, you know? They're all 50s and that's not my era and there's also this whole retro thing going on and and the whole psychedelic thing is really popular now so it was really good timing. I mean, I kind of forecast, trend forecasted it without even knowing I was forecasting the trend. So it's just my favorite period, my favorite colors, music, everything. Yeah. And, and that's I what my say, my high school. You're yeah. playing a Grateful Dead when we came in here, and I made you turn it off so we could hear you. That's okay. Talk. We can turn it back on. But yeah, Hendrix, Cream, Jefferson Airplane, Al yeah. Green, you know, right. Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Everybody loves the music. They just love being here. Right. Here's the thing that really um, made me feel I had accomplished something. Over the four years I've been open, there's been six different people. Um, independent of one another that have come in to eat but each one of them has said to me this place makes me happy and you know what if you can make one person happy 
one I've done my job. Yeah. That's pretty much my ideology. Great. So that's pretty much, and it's called the Shangri-La because I wanted it to be a, a Nirvana, and also there's anti-aging elements to to the menu. And there was a movie called um, Lost Horizon. Lost Horizon, sure. And when yeah. you went to Shangri-La, if you stayed there, you never aged. Right. So I wanted to tie in that with in the '60s when you get on Route 66 and you'd hit these dumpy little motels called the Shangri-La. So I wanted to tie, remember <laughs> yeah. the South Pacific, and so I also wanted to tie that kind of retro yeah. thing in with the diner thing and wrote, yeah. Great. Well, and it seems to be working and uh, yeah, it's a Shangri-La for us. And I Thank appreciate you so the fact much. that you're doing it and thanks for taking time out to talk with me. Thanks. Thank you. Tried to get that without any distortion on it, but uh, boy, it sounded better uh, when I listened to it through the speakers uh, than after I put it on here and heard it on the headphones. But at any rate, that is going to have to do. I'm leaving that in there. That is a musical selection from A Wonderful Noise. That is uh, one of the shorter numbers in the show, The Fog, uh, which is presented here, of course. Uh, since I am uh, one of the uh, composers of it and am vegetarian or vegan myself. That's just to give you a taste of what the musical is that we're heading out to. And uh, we're now leaving Missouri and traveling across that state and across Kansas. Uh, We were in Kansas City just at the very end of the dinner hour and thought of trying to contact the Farbs uh, and see if they could point us somewhere but realized it was already too late to sit down and uh, have a regular restaurant dinner so we grabbed something and went flying across Kansas which uh, was not as flat as I had been led to believe but uh, we finally got into Colorado finally started seeing some mountains and eventually got to Colorado Springs, where we ate uh, a an early dinner at a place called Poor Richard's Restaurant, part of a uh, kind of a complex of businesses arranged around the Poor Richard theme. So thought that was appropriate, us being from Philadelphia. This restaurant was not a vegetarian restaurant, but had a lot of vegetarian and even vegan options. I had a very veggie burger. Uh, my wife had an excellent gazpacho. Uh, they had uh, everything seemed to come with focaccia bread, uh, which was not vegan. But uh, as I said, the veggie burger was great. Uh, it was vegan. They had some other options on there. I did not get any audio there because uh, the music, it was just pumping. Uh, and it seemed to be integral to the whole atmosphere, so I didn't want to try to tell them to turn it off, so we regretfully uh, left their audio-less and continued on to... That's right, continued on to Creed, Colorado. 
to see the production. It was a wonderful production, and I'm not going to uh, plug it again per se, but hey, it uh, really, this production rocks, so if you are anywhere around there, go see it. Uh, one of the things that makes it successful is the choreography, and our choreographer uh, happens to be a woman who is starring in another production there, which we'll hear about, and was one of the people who actually helped make vegetarian options in the town of Creed uh, what they are today. So let's hear her story now. Okay, we're talking now with Diana Dresser at the Creed Repertory Theater. Diane, thanks for being with us. Sure, nice to be here. And I want to talk to you because uh, you were one of the people who was instrumental in uh, getting veggie options like uh, Boca Burgers, Veggie Burger, and so forth at the local supermarket here, uh, which uh, Mo mentioned to me that you know they uh, they didn't have any that much before, but uh, there were some members of the the team that were vegetarian or wanted vegetarian options, and so they did that. And I guess that speaks to the power of the theater, but it also it's kind of an encouraging sign that there's more uh, vegetarian options available. Right? It is, and it's kind of remarkable in this town, I think, because uh, because this town is such a small town and because it has such a long history of um, of sort of mining being the the major operator here versus the theater. Um, <clears throat> when I came here, it was in ni- the first time I came here was in 1992, and you absolutely would not have been able to get vegetarian options there right. like that. And um, we had to drive down an hour and a half to the grocery store there to try to get anything like that in the one in Alamosa. So um, it's re- it's a big change. During the time I've been here, there's been the, the entire the, the available vegetarian cuisine here has increased probably exponentially in the last 15 years. And people who come here in the future and such as myself having come here and said, wow, I can grab these here. They have you partially to thank for that. Oh, well, it's true. <laughs> I don't want to take too much credit, but I think I think the theater definitely as a whole has had a huge impact. And, yes, there are a number of members of the company who are vegetarian um, who have been sort of pushing for that at the local restaurants and, uh-huh. and at the grocery store. And, um, and even now when we have sort of company potlucks and all that kind of stuff, there's always vegetarian options now. So, yeah. um, so it, there's enough of us now. There's sort of a, you know, a, um, a critical mass at this point right. <laughs> where they have to serve us. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and- you, are there good options around here in the, in the local restaurants? There are. Um, the Mermaid Cafe has a number of vegetarian options on the menu, um, sandwiches that are che- cheese and vegetable sandwiches. Um, they have peanut butter and jelly. They have right. those sorts of things. And um, and then the Cafe Olay will do a special request veggie sandwich if you ask for it, which they're okay. very nice to accommodate. Um, Max has vegetarian pizza and salads. And Kip's Grill has a wonderful... Um, the number three, which is uh, a stuffed um, pe- chili pepper um, and it, it with black beans, and it's delicious. Um, and then, of course, the hotel has vegetarian options as well. Um, they have salads. They have vegetarian soups almost every day. Um, and they have usually at least one vegetarian entree. So there's really quite a few options here. Great. And I should also throw in the place that I have eaten the most, although it's been at lunch, is High Mountain Arts. Oh, yes, of course. They have a lot of natural food options. And, and, and she has, she, absolutely, she has an amazing, she has a freezer full of things that you can take home as well. So she'll yeah. make you a vegetarian wrap or um, a pasta salad or something like that, but you can also get into her freezer and take home an Annie's, you know, she, she carries the whole Annie's line, which is tons of different yeah. vegetarian options too. So. Great. You, you don't live in Creed year-round, right? No, Where, I live in Denver, Colorado. That's right. You live yes. in Denver, and are you noticing 
out in the outside world. I mean, obviously there it's harder to have the, you know, uh, the depth of impact on the Absolutely. outside world. But do you notice the vegetarian options increasing there? Well, yes. I mean, right now Whole Foods is a huge, I mean, Whole Foods is all over Denver and right. they just bought wild oats. And so there now there are probably 10 just, you know, within driving distance of my house, uh, places that I can get tons and tons of veg- vegetarian options, which is also kind of amazing because, you know, Denver's really a cow town, a steak town, I mean, all those things, and um, but it's very, very easy to be a vegetarian there. Great. And look, before I let you go, if any of our VegCast listeners are so inspired to come to Creed, let us know what they would see you in or see where, what uh, shows they would see your work. Oh, in. I mean, sure. obviously you were, you did choreography for A Wonderful Noise. That's right. But also. Um, and I'm also playing the mother in Swiss Family Robinson and I'm playing uh, the mother as well in Kimberly Akimbo and I'm in Boomtown, which is late night improv and I'm also in CRT Songbook and helping choreograph that as well. So wow. and I, just... a good busy summer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's great and thanks very much for taking time out sure. of that busy, busy schedule to talk with us on Absolutely. Thank you. Well, our road trip kind of ends there as I uh, went back up to Denver and got on a plane to come back to Philadelphia. But I should also mention the Denver airport, and uh, I do not have the name uh, of this. I know it's in the B terminal, as it turned out. This time through, I was only in the A terminal so I didn't go over there, but uh, the previous time through, I, there was just one of these uh, regular kind of fast food places, uh, and they had not just a veggie burger, but a portobello burger. So more of those are out there. I guess the moral of this whole story is that veggie options, veggie alternatives, and so forth are becoming mainstream, even in mainstream America, and there are still some speed bumps there. There is, of course, still a hell of a lot of meat-eating going on out there, uh, but I think we can see a slow sea change uh, here, and we'll continue to track that in various ways here on VegCast going forward. But for now, of course, we must turn our attention to the science. Our science fact for VegCast 65 is red meat, dairy, linked to pancreatic cancer risk. This is from all headline news. Regularly consuming a diet high in red meat and dairy products could increase one's chances of developing pancreatic cancer, according to U.S. researchers. Scientists with the National Cancer Institute in Bethesda, Maryland, analyzed a sample of more than 500,000 people from the National Institute of Health AARP Diet and Health Study participants filled out a food frequency questionnaire in 1995 and 1996 and were followed for about six years to track various illnesses, including pancreatic cancer. Men who consumed high amounts of red meat and dairy products had a 53% higher rate of pancreatic cancer compared to male participants who ate less meat and dairy products. The rate was 23% for women, according to a journal of the National Cancer Institute press release. They then quote the authors saying altogether, these results suggest a role for animal fat in pancreatic carcinogenesis. So I just thought that was interesting because it's not a new story. It's not a new finding, really. 
that meat and dairy uh, contribute to uh, a certain kind of cancer, yet another kind of cancer. But uh, it is noteworthy now that we're starting to see red meat and dairy get foregrounded uh, instead of you having to kind of read between the lines and figure out that that's what they're talking about. They're natu- now uh, the authors themselves are putting it in their conclusions and it's working its way into the lead of the article about the study and the headline. So uh, maybe we're going to have a little more uh, candor and transparency in these scientific findings and uh, the only way that we can be sure whether or not that has happened is to keep on checking right back here at the science fact well that's about going to do it for our road show our uh, vegcast 65 on the subject of traveling vegetarian or vegan uh one last thing i was going to just bring up, I was going to do this, uh, but it turned out we had uh, so many people. We were traveling with uh, my mom, so we had five people in the car, and we were really packed with stuff. Otherwise, uh, you can always bring a cooler with uh, your choice vegetarian options that uh, you've gotten from your supermarket at home and uh, use some of those refreezable ice packs in there and uh, that's especially helpful if you want to bring some mock bologna or turkey lunch meat or whatever uh, kind of protein source that uh, may be hard to find in a small town out in the middle of uh, Kansas and uh, when you find a subway uh, if you don't want to take your chances with whatever the local version of their veggie patty is there. It seems to vary from uh, region to region, but uh, you can always get the veggie delight there and enhance it with your own meat substitute. So why not give it a try and uh, let me know how it turns out for you. Okay, you want to get this podcast out there before the clock of June runs out, so we have at least one for the month of June. But before I go, I want to say thank you to Sharon Detter of Maggie's Mercantile, to Patrice Mori of Shangri-La, and Diana Dresser of Creed Repertory Theater. Uh, thanks to all of them for talking with me about veggie options in their uh, respective necks of the woods. And thanks also to Stephanie Ernst for uh, pointing me to the Shangri-La Diner in St. Louis. That's much appreciated. And thank you for downloading VegCast. Now, until next time, get out there and live like you mean it. VegCast.